And welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is known in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we are a little bit biased. I am your host, Brian Sanders. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. More importantly, follow the show. That is Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. That is at H-E-F pod on Twitter, uh, facebook.com slash H-E-F pod is where we post all of our uh, Eintracht Frankfurt content in the English language there. So if you haven't liked it already, please do so, and then you'll get the latest uh, news in English language in addition to new episode drops and all sorts of other little goodies that come along our way. You can get in contact also with the show. That is hey Eintracht Frankfurt at gmail.com. So... Here to break down with me, talk about Dortmund, talk about Union, talk about everything that is Eintracht, is Nathan and St. Louis. Hey, Brian. How's it going? You know, it's pretty good. You know, it's a lovely... Uh, technically, we're in the fall now, I think, as the calendar yeah. goes. So uh, my uh, hashtag, what are we drinking, is literally the salute to the summer. Uh, funnily enough, Eintracht has already gotten underway. How about we get underway with what has been going on with the Eintracht, and that yeah. is Eintracht Frankfurt 2, Dortmund 2. <laughs> uh, <laughs> again, uh, Eintracht a draw with Borussia Dortmund when it does come to the Comitsbank Arena. I think this is the third year running that this has uh, occurred with this scoreline. Spe- uh, not this scoreline specifically, but once again... Eintracht coming through, coming from behind multiple times throughout the match to be able to get a well-earned draw at this point. I think that uh, Eintracht is very much uh, happy with the way that the team responded because it did look for a few uh, minutes of the first half that, oh boy, this could be end-to-end stuff. And then once yeah. Axel Witzel put that in, and uh, was it the 10th uh, minute? Oops, excuse me, 11th. Um, needless to say, you then started scratching your head and wondering, it's like, okay, what kind of day are we going to have now? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was touch and go there for for probably another 20, 20 minutes or so after that. When, and then we kind of locked back in and started getting some more confidence, but the the things that I've noted is the core started, which a, a lot of people, including yourself, thought wouldn't happen, and um, DaCosta sat, and Durham came in and played pretty effectively in his in his position. Um, we saw uh, Abraham sit, which is probably, in my opinion, the most necessary uh, change on the pitch to start the match, but um, we did what we do best once we started getting going and getting some confidence. Um, that that um, Axel Witzel goal was, um, what are you going to do? You know, <laughs> it was that was Dortmund being Dortmund, and you're going to have those counterattacks, those those buildups, and that's that's what's going to happen. So, um, yeah, the end to end nature of this game at times in the first half, it happened in the second half again. Um, I think was kind of expected, and it's the type of situation where we're not going to have much possession, and we need to, and we needed to, um, you know, score off of those, off of those, um, those back to back, those counterattacks, and and we didn't do as much as we could. But I I saw a team that was confidently playing with perhaps the 
best team in the Bundesliga right now and doing so pretty well. And by the end of the match, um, the fans included thought thought Frankfurt, if given 15 more minutes or so, would have probably won the game. I would have thought that the Eintracht needed just a few more moments to be able to have pulled that one out. Uh, some of the things that we did make predictions on, and um, some predictions that you made when I was a guest on the Yellow Wall podcast, uh, the only podcast that covers uh, uh, the uh, Bayfell Bay in the English language. Uh, we do love to support our fellow uh, Bundesliga podcasts that do cover uh this beautiful game that we do enjoy, especially in the English language. So shout out to Stefan who uh, had me guest there and also joined us for uh, the episode previewing our match with Borussia. Um, you know, Torre, I wasn't expecting him to actually be brought in to uh, replace Abraham. I actually thought maybe Indica would be uh, the preferred choice. You know, a little bit younger blood to take on the young blood of uh, Sancho. But, you know, hey, uh, I'm not yeah. the man at the helm, needless to say. Uh, Doom, I thought, was a really uh, good idea, especially since, you know, this is his former club that he was going up against, uh, mm-hmm. the club that uh, let him go. On to uh, 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 Huddersfield Town, where Eintracht got him from. Yeah, Dominic Cole returning. Didn't think uh, that would happen. I was anticipating that Fernandez will go in there, and I was rightfully proved correct. Uh, right. So's uh, assist uh, to Silva. Um, I liked how Silva was able to find himself space, and then you know very promptly put it right there in- into the net. That's gonna yeah. do a uh, world do worlds for his confidence level uh, especially as you know the Eintracht you know looks to try and get everyone firing on all cylinders he hasn't had uh, due to uh, the late nature of his transfer um, he hasn't had as much all that preseason time and Europa League qualifiers to kind of have familiarized himself with the rest of the squad so Right. Uh, moments like that really, I think, will uh, do well for uh, the Eintracht going forward uh, with Silva. So, um, one thing that I kind of was a little apprehensive about was the fact that you know Dortmund's attack—they still looked pretty doggone good. You had Jaden Sancho uh, doing his thing. We were able to keep Pakalakasa kind of quiet, but the likes of Azad, yeah. Royce, uh, Witzel. Those guys and their wing players, Hakimi and Guerrero, who uh, in our last podcast it was talked about how they might be them being played out of position uh, might open up things for the Eintracht. Uh, they still looked pretty good uh, against us. I think we've we were able to, I would say, hold strong. I think Kevin Trapp should get more credit than he's been given uh, for his performance. I mean, yes, okay, so he le- yes he let in two, but you're talking about one of the top in uh, teams within the Bundesliga uh, that the Eintracht was going up against. And it was going to be hard for Eintracht to keep a clean sheet, if not just only allow one goal in this sort of a match. I do think that, uh, again, I, I had high hopes for in this match for Paciencia. He didn't kind of... Yeah, I just he think that he, so. just, he just wasn't properly firing and... 
you know, hey, uh, it didn't turn out to be his D. Uh, I did think that uh, bringing on Chandler when we did, you know, that gave us some more strength in wide uh, situations, and he was able to contribute in a little part to uh, the goal that Eintracht scored. Kamada was impeccable. I thought that he really showed what we uh, have all yeah. come to suspect from him. And I think that, uh, you know, coming on in coming off on a, in a substitute uh, role like this really uh, allowed him to kind of throw Bayfield Bay really off, really off course. And uh, Bastos as that big old lump, uh, I think that really kind of disrupted uh, how uh, the defense was holding up things. You know, uh, Mats Hummels is still considered one of the best uh, defenders in the Bundesliga. And he just did not, uh, he had a better first half than the second half. And uh, I looked on track and were able to make adjustments. And boy, did they turn out well. Yeah. Um, speaking of Hummels, I, I thought that his early yellow card in the, at the beginning and then subsequent fouls um, would lead to trouble. But he calmed down and I was really hoping that we would force them to either make a change early or uh, get a get a red card from aggregate or yellows um yeah i i thought we played well i thought we played alcacer well he particularly on that second goal i thought he was a smidge offsides but it didn't even seem like they reviewed that goal but i know that they do that in in cologne so um I'm probably wrong there. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought we played well against them. I do, uh, while well, I said that I think by the end of the match we were playing outplaying them, um, they were just playing for the end and the draw. Um, I do think both teams were not playing at their top, at their top level. Um, ne- neither of which were really showing what they were all for, what they were worth. So um, I think it was a good early. Uh, match against these two teams and you know come February or whatever when we play them again it's going to be a completely different ball game a lot a lot riding at stake I think so um, it's fun to see them early and then know what they're capable of so that we can account for it especially when we move into a match against Union Berlin which is going to be quite a bit different and a struggle um, for us to have that sort of same motivation to you know you know, knock out the the uh, the reigning leader in the Bundesliga. Indeed, indeed. I think we have been able to prove ourselves really coming off, for me, more of the situation that we do have. You know, we did have a rather uh, dour moment, you know, coming off of Thursday and coming up against Borussia Dortmund, you know, one of the big teams uh within the bundesliga we face now two of the best within the bundesliga in my opinion uh those three are the likes of dortmund uh bayern and leipzig and i think that you know two matches and you know uh when it does come down to the home matches versus leipzig and munich that the eintracht will prove themselves stronger uh than they showed uh so far and you know We've got plenty of time coming up ahead for the Eintracht to make additional adjustments. You know, we don't play Munich until, I 
think it's uh, November-ish time, and so we've got plenty of opportunities to develop as a squad, uh, perform better when it does come to playing in Europe, as we will have a rather easier <laughs> second tie uh, going to <laughs> Portugal, needless to say, but uh, in the meantime, you know, plenty of uh, Bundesliga matches that will be exciting for every Eintracht fan uh, to take in. Yeah. So yeah, that it's a busy being weekend. said, Nathan. Yeah, that being said, Nathan, um, any fun, any uh, thoughts on what uh, Eintracht has been up to uh, in surrounding that match? Because I think, because for me, the turnaround was the most important thing, and now we're able to get back to playing then Bundesliga match, and then Europa League, and then more Bundesliga. I think for me, uh, the response was the key thing here. And right. That's kind of all I've got on that. Any final thoughts before we kind of uh, close the door on Dortmund and then look forward and to everything else that is going on uh, in terms of Eintracht Frankfurt? No, I mean, I, uh, the, the, I guess the final thoughts for me are just like, kind of questions. Like, uh, I still don't really know how Dost is fitting in. Um, there is some clearly, it, clearly an issue with his match fitness. That's uh, mm-hmm. keeping him out of the starting lineup. So I wonder what's going on there because it shouldn't, for a person of his his talent and quality, shouldn't take him too long to get get used to uh, the Bundesliga again. Um, but I am positively optimistic about the relationship that like the likes of like a uh, Kamada uh, Silva um, and even Paciencia to a degree play, but. Um, Again, I'm just optimistic because we've we've been expecting these like wingbacks to like carry the carry the charge forward and net most of the assists in a lot of ways. But seeing uh, So come out and play as well as he did, to see Dorm come out and play as well as he did, to f- let DaCosta take a rest, um, it gives me a lot of hope that we have options. And as long as these people, as long as these players can kind of gel and play with the mix of players that they'll have to play with over the course of the season. And I, I don't see us, um, I don't know, I, I'm super optimistic for the season, even probably more so than last year. Indeed. Here's, here is uh, something that I'll take away from uh, our 2-2 two, two draw with uh, going up against Dortmund. That new training top, the checkered, black and white. <laughs> uh, so, uh Someone uh, close to me uh, said, and I quote, uh, "Not a fan." Uh, your <laughs> thoughts on the uh, new training top, which I'm, pr- which just went on sale at the fan shop. I like it, but you know, I mean, if you're, I guess, a race fan, maybe you're thinking uh, that doesn't belong on an right. shirt. Quite a um, different look. <laughs> I gotta say, I don't like it, but it, it it looks a little too checkers for me. It's very plain and. All that, and it goes back to my my underlying hatred of of um, Nike kits in general. I don't think that they do a good job of making templates, and that is indicative of that. But you know, you tilt that forty five degrees and give them a little wedge shape, and you got a bembel. You know, the you got a app an apple wine glass. You know what I mean? So like, it's close to being good, but I don't know. Like the yellow jersey has that going for it right now. The the alternate. Um, kit and that'd be my, my probably my favorite this year so far. Yeah, alrighty. 
that's going to wrap it up for segment one. Oh, wait, no, it's part of our segment, uh, Buster. Our favorite thing to talk about is hashtag what are we drinking? Nathan, what have you brought for us today? Well, I'm at work right now, so um, at lunchtime, <laughs> and uh, so I've got water. <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, we already know what you got. E indeed, uh, as the summer has now come to conclusion in the United States. As per the calendar says, though, it's still quite warm here in Kansas City, uh, my home. Uh, I am saluting the end of summer with the last uh, the farmhouse ale de Bauer from Kansas City Beer Company. Uh, they have now fully transitioned over, and so this is literally the last of this dry, hoppy farmhouse ale. It's a pretty darn good thing, and not gonna lie. Talking about homebrewing with you so many times, I'm pretty sure if I, as I'm catching that bug and wanting to kind of develop things, so we'll kind of stay tuned to this this chat for that. Um, (laughs) That's going to, for me, that's one that I am definitely going to want to try and do on my own. I think I will steer clear of the Marzins mostly just to the fact that, you know, if I screw it up, man, I might screw up all Marzins just for my taste buds, and I'd rather not do that. (laughs) <laughs> well, there's, but, yeah. there's the typical home brewer uh, goes through a cycle. I forget exactly what it is, but the joke is, is most like start out with something like a Hefeweizen and are obsessed with that and then move directly into IPAs and hoppiness, hop forward beers and are obsessed with that and then crater to something along the lines of a stout or something and then move into um, your lagers as, but it's all about complexity of brew day for the most part, in my opinion. Hmm. So people get obsessed with what they can brew uh, well. So um, uh, farmhouse ales are actually pretty easy to brew because they tolerate and appreciate high temperatures while they're fermenting, while they're fermenting, which is why typically they're made in the summer. Indeed, interesting, interesting. That's going to wrap it up for hashtag What Are We Drinking in segment one of Hey on Track Frankfurt. Uh, stay back with us uh, for segment two, previewing Union and a few little notes and uh, special announcements. Stay with. Segment two of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, Brian and Nathan here, just sitting out in Kansas City, enjoying the outside whilst I still can, uh, in case you hear a little bit of Mother Nature surrounding us, and also a dog enjoying the best of life, needless to say. Oh gee, it, it's great to be a dog life, especially when you're an Eintracht fan. Uh, <laughs> not not speak yes speaking for the four-legged versions of our friends out there so um special announcement that i mentioned uh once again we will be i will be doing a special uh live edition of the hey eintracht frankfurt podcast uh from the kansas city oktoberfest celebrations in kansas city uh gonna be going on uh on the weekend uh October 4th and the 5th. Uh, looking forward to that. Nathan, uh, last time we spoke about this, the 4th, 5th, and 6th, as they're doing the October celebrations, will you be joining us right. uh, for, a li- for a live rendition of the podcast? 
Yeah, I'll be taking the Greyhound to Kansas City and hopefully be picked up uh, by you or somebody else to head on down to KC Beer. Um, but I do think I, I when I scheduled it, I think I booked the bus that g- c- arrives when we will be playing. Um, uh, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Let, let's let's make sure that we put you on the late Amtrak train at least then to St. Louis <laughs> so we can catch the match. Oof. Yeah, I think Verder Bremen's who we're playing that day. So. Yes, we are. Um, confirmed guests who will be a part of it. Uh, our erstwhile friend, uh, Doug, uh, the Verder Bremen uh, Kansas City uh, fan group who has guested previously on this podcast, will be in attendance, and he'll be able to specifically highlight the Eintracht versus Verder Bremen match. So it should be a good time. Beer will be had by all. Someone might or might not be in Lederhosen, so watch out for those legs. <laughs> <laughs> not me. Oh, that's that's, the, that's not going to be the surprise. Yeah. <laughs> fun times ahead. Uh, as last year's podcast uh, was myself and Jason of the uh, KC Bayfo Bay and Yellow Wall podcast was joined us last year. Let's talk about some news from the Eintracht, though. So... Um, the UEFA Control Ethics and Disciplinary Committee has hmm. fined Eintracht 58,000 euros and ordered the block uh, of one of the stadium blocks closed for Eintracht's next home European match. So uh, the next European match for Eintracht is against away to Victoria de Guimaraes in uh, Portugal. And so that will be Eintracht versus Liège on the 24th of October. That uh, one fan blo- one uh, block of the stadium uh, will be closed. Uh, this official sanction is uh, down to uh, one of the result of one. This is uh, as it came out. Uh, one of the incidents uh, during the Europa League qualifying playoffs versus Strasbourg uh, in including both home and away legs where objects were thrown from the stands, pyrotechnics were let off, and steps were blocked by fans. In addition, a main block stand above the player's tunnel from where objects were thrown at the refereeing team will be closed for Eintracht's next home match. In addition to the fan closures, a two-match ban has been issued to Bruno, Bruno Hubner, uh, Eintracht's sporting director, uh, from the same uh, governing body because of a verbal dispute with match officials and members of the Strasbourg team in the second leg of the playoff tie as he was sent to the stands by the referee. Uh, the subsequent one, uh, automatic one-match suspension he served on Thursday it was increased to two, so he will then be banned uh, for the Gimenez, uh match. I mean... I'm not really all too bothered by this. I'm just kind of like, eh, whatever. You know, UEFA uh, taking money from the teams participating in the Europa League. You know, if they really are that desperate for money, you know, start, really start uh, pumping. Uh, look, change the Europa League to play on Thursday. Instead of on Thursday, change it to play on Tuesday, the first of the week. You would get increased ratings uh, TV-wise, for all of the Europa League, because let's be honest, you know, you have your Tuesday and your Wednesday Champions League uh, matches. I mean, those are the glamour ties and everything else. You play that on uh, Tuesday and supposed to Thursday, because right now you got two days of Europa League. You got maybe Monday off 
some leagues might have a Monday match going on, say uh, Spain, Germany, which still has the Monday matches, only for a short amount of time left. Uh, this I think is the final season that we'll be seeing it in uh, I think about the first and second division. But you got all these leagues around uh, Europe that will have the non-European participating teams uh, playing on a Monday. And, you know, that's a lot of, so you know, the soccer-watching audience, hey, maybe they're all game for the Europa League, but you put that on a Tuesday, I think it that will create more eyeballs for the TV audience. It will create maybe even greater interest, you know, and, you know, for the, speaking for the, for the English-speaking uh, world that follows the game, um, You'll have your European-focused uh, or, you know, some podcasts that are out there uh, aside from ours uh, that might do a two-week show. But, hey, guess what? When is that second show of the week usually happening? It's usually recording on a Thursday, and so the Europa League is completely ignored and just looked over. And I think if they switch that, maybe they would uh, get a lot more money for the TV rights, which would then be spread around amongst the teams, or obviously they would keep it themselves instead of, you know, sending out stupid fines uh, like this where you're just like you know yeah okay whatever it's a minuscule fine and i think if they really wanted more money they should just change the you know mm. the times when games are on but that's just me nathan what do you have to <laughs> add to this i i i don't know what goes into the politics of when games are but i know that all these leagues these um leagues in different countries have different tournaments going on that have to fit into their schedules too so I don't particularly know like why certain things, but it all all that has to come into play. As for this incident, I feel like uh, UEFA isn't uh, blaming their own their own official for the problems that occurred enough. Is um, I particularly thought that that Rabich call, who also received part of that suspension, I think he got five games, which he'll have to wait out. Um, it, it was a in light of the, I don't think it was a very good call. So I think the reaction from the crowd, uh, albeit a little too violent, and oddly, I don't know why there weren't suspensions towards the team for throwing beer at Strasbourg players, just, um, just officials. That doesn't really make any sense to me. Seems uh, like favoring the protection of the officials over the 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 safety of the um, players themselves. But I didn't see anything from Bruno Hubner. He must have said something particularly nasty to to sit out one game and then subsequently get sp suspended again after serving that. That's bullshit. That's just straight up bullshit. So, um, <laughs> um, I I don't know. I I think, and I also think Rebich's part in that. I thought he was very tame in his reaction. In fact, I, as I recall, com um, Makoto Hasebe was the one who was complaining, and he it almost looked like he was going to get a red card for his his reaction to the play um, at the time. So I don't I don't know. I feel like it is more political than I would care to uh, believe, but um, there's something going on in in. It, in all reality, Euro, Europa is always going to get overlooked to the Champions League. No matter what you do, that TV money is never going to, never going to equate just because of the, the, 
the step down in teams who are participating in that tournament year over year typically are not as I guess popular in some degree, but yeah, whatever. I I I'm just glad that we're a part of it. So I'm trying to appreciate for what it is. Exactly. Having a positive mindset in terms of uh who we do have involved. I mean our competition that we're in, I'm very pleased to be in this. I mean, this is also a year in which you have uh, both of the Glasgow, famous Gla- Scottish Glasgow um, teams in it. You have Feyenoord, you have Porto, you have Saint-Etienne, CSKA, uh, uh, Moscow, you have, you know, Espanyol, you have both teams from Rome, from Italy, and Roma, and right. Lazio. Uh, Manchester United has also been added to the mix, uh, but I mean this is all based on more kind of how the teams uh, performed in their own domestic leagues. Right. But, you know, there's plenty of no- known uh, sure. known entities that are out there. And I think that the Eintracht is uh, in a great position to uh, still qualify for the knockout phase, as we have a yeah. we play Gimresh. Uh, on the 3rd of October, that would be an away match. Uh, something for us to look forward to as we preview everything uh, next week. Uh, wow, it's going to be a busy, busy recording time for both of us yeah. during this time period. So, um, let's, Nathan, how about this being said? Let's look toward Union Berlin, the newest uh, debutant to the Bundesliga. How about we talk about Union, yeah? Yeah. Let's do it. So we're going to be right. at Union, well, right? That being said, okay, Union, uh, oh, looking yeah, at... Yeah, I was uh, on mute. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Uh, so a uh, special occasion as the Eintracht will be playing uh, the Friday night match at the Alte Fosterei. Uh, if anyone does not know the kind of backdrop of this team, I will give the briefest of uh, announcements. Uh, Synopsis on Union. Uh, Union was the first team in the Bundesliga in nearly a decade to uh, earn promotion to the Bundesliga via the relegation promotion playoff, which we escaped when we beat Nuremberg. Whew, that mm-hmm. would have been nasty. Uh, we will be shown also, uh, as we are the Friday game, in the United States uh, broadcast. Dean, that will be, uh, as it is still under the Fox name, uh, uh, changes to be heard a few uh, months down the line, but it's going to be on Fox Sports 2. And the um, Uni- Univision Deportes network that has been renamed as uh, TUDN. Uh, I'm not going to uh, say that in Spanish because my Spanish is so bad. So uh, that's uh, Sportsnet World in Canada uh, that will be showing us there. Australia, that's BN Sports 3 and uh, the Caillou Sports um, in Germany. Okay, that is also Eurosport and DAZN. There is also uh, going to be, eh, we're going to be shown pretty much throughout the entire world as, hey, guess what? The Friday match is one where the Bundesliga is able to get a lot of eyeballs. So, uh, UK, that is BT Sport Live and uh, BT Sport 3. And that pretty much kind of wraps up all most of the kind of English uh, language coverage for the Eintracht, including the fact that, oh, wait, Ireland also, BT Sport Live is also going to be showing it there. So, 
uh, that takes care of the English-speaking world. And uh, if anyone wants to uh, know where to find the Eintracht versus Union, uh, just my suggestion will put out based on what country you are in, uh, what broadcaster will be showing that match live. So uh, that all aside, this is the first time that Eintracht will have faced Union uh, since the last time we were in the second division, many uh, over seven years ago. Uh, uh, let's put it this way. That was before I, uh, Sebastian Roda left the Eintracht. To kind of put a little bit more perspective on that, um, this is a team that uh, has an interesting history. Uh, they play in the Kopenick uh, district of Berlin, uh, tradition uh, from the east side of Berlin. This is a traditional mm-hmm. uh, East German club. Uh, they were never the big uh, title-winning team uh, from Berlin. That was the Stasi-supported club uh, Dynamo uh, Berlin. Uh, not going down much further than that. <laughs> uh, the stadium is uh, two thirds of an all uh, two thirds of the ground is an all seater uh, all standing uh, ground, which is pretty stinking cool. Just saying. Um, personal match, cool. they showed up pictures of uh, former fans who did not live to see Union finally uh, reach. Uh, the Bundesliga for the very first time. They travel in large numbers, as we will see when it does come down to the the home uh, the home yeah. match uh, versus Union. Uh, this is a team that uh, very much has a great connection with their club. When they were facing financial ruin, uh, they did a blood drive, and fans gave blood for their club. Uh, pretty cool moment that when they needed to make stadium upgrades they couldn't pay for it the fans showed up and physically did the manual labor for that pretty (laughs) cool that that happened as well this is a very interesting team for the eintracht to be facing and you know uh for any fan who gets to go to berlin i hope that they soak in the atmosphere just like our own waldstadion uh all a stadium is located in the woods so uh going on through you know as you're Getting to the Alta Fostrai, uh, you'll be going through a woods just like our own home match experience. Nathan, this is a club that we are not expecting much from this season uh, as a newly promoted club, especially one that is a debutante, the first debutante in quite a few years to the Bundesliga. But they did get a home win versus uh, Borussia Dortmund. That did kind of smack those boys right in the face. Kind of wa- a big old wake-up call. Mm-hmm. What, what are you feeling with this Union club? I mean, they have a great backstory, but and they have a few players on their squad who are familiar to uh, Bundesliga fans, and cl- including, if you're uh, an American, someone who rankles me uh, to so much disgust, it's not even funny, in Nemanja Sobotic. But, you know... Uh, how are you feeling uh, about this match against the Union? Well, they're not a team with a lot of um, a lot of uh, dynamic ability to change. Their manager keeps them pretty stout in their formation, and so we we can expect a a defended game. Like the the match, I get it. Would, in the, their last match, they played against Bayer Leverkusen. Um, to uh to, and they were away then but i think we can expect a similar matchup between frankfurt and uh 
Union Berlin in that case. And the same goes for when they played it at home against Werder Bremen, where they brought a little more but didn't get a red card in that game. Um, yeah, I mean, they're going to play defensively stout. They're going to try to to muscle us out and get some um, some counters and ca- catch us off guard. That's what they're going to try to do. Um, and we just have to play our game. And I think we can... I think we can obviously beat a team like this who's going to be a, a promotion, I mean, a relegation uh, team probably throughout the entire year. They're always going to be in that battle for that for those relegation spots, um, sitting at four points now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is historically the past few years where Eintracht Frankfurt kind of fl- shits the bed is against these types of teams. So we got to rebound against Dortmund. we got to... What worked there will work here. We just have to, uh, just like the end of that end of that match, I felt that that Dortmund, while their counter was good, they were playing very defensively stout against us because they felt the pressure coming. So um, we we have to keep that same sort of pace, and 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 that's kind of what we're known for at this point is just those 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 crazy attacks you know back just keeps coming just keeps coming we keep bringing those attacks forward and they might come from the wings they might come from the middle um they might just be straight up the strikers bringing it up so we'll see i i think that we're gonna see a probably a run here and in terms of frankfurt taking them to the woodshed I like those thoughts because, uh, I mean, they have some players uh, who people recognize. Felix Kroos right. is the buddy, uh, brother of Tony Kroos. Uh, they have Christian right. Gentner from Stuttgart. Granted, he's on the, uh, on the other side of the hill. Anthony Uja uh, has joined them. Uh, he's a guy who's got plenty of Bundesliga experience. Um, Nevin Sabotic as well. Curse that man for choosing another country and not the one of his, uh, choosing another country, not the one who really kind of raised him, considering where he came from. But <laughs> mm. uh, okay, I'll okay, I'll I'll stop being a negative Nancy. I'm sorry, <laughs> but that that the dude just rankle uh, just rankles me, and you know. This is a team that you know they're make they're saying that hey look if we're gonna make a go of the our time in the Bundesliga we're gonna uh, play stout we're gonna kind of keep a lot of the guys who earned us promotion they've added yes some guys who I mentioned with Bundesliga experience including um uh, Manuel Schienenbach and I mean that you know there's plenty of guys with Bundesliga experience but you're talking more guys who have been playing for. You know, not really relegation signs per se, but, yeah. you know, guys who were not part of their most recent Bundesliga clubs or guys who are on the very tail end of their career. Yeah, they're an older team. On, there's also an American on the books, but hey, you know, uh, I haven't seen him play uh, since they were uh, so far this season, so one can assume that that's not going to be the case again. They have been shown to. Uh, while playing uh, stoutly, they really have been shown out to be one that can be really had at. When they faced Leipzig, they got exposed pretty badly. When they faced up against Leverkusen, they played pretty badly. Now, they were just on their game, everyone pulling as a team versus Dortmund, so that's something to be aware of that they can pull out. 
but right. so far this season, uh, it's exactly what we what we come to expect when it does come to playing and uh, uh, this team from the east side, uh, Berlin. And so, uh, Nathan, before we get to kind of questions from uh, our fans, uh, which we do have one that has come in uh, for the podcast, what prediction do you have for Eintracht Union? I I got to go with my gut, and I'm going to say it's going to be 3-1. to one. Dadgummit, as the English phrase goes, you took my sandwich on that. <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. I do think, though... Uh, that I can go slightly better, slightly worse. Depends on the way that you look at it. I'm going with Eintracht getting the clean sheet, and I'm going 2-0, same uh, winning uh, margin, but the Eintracht are just able to shut down uh, the fan. Well, the fans at the Forest Ultra, uh, at the Forest Ultra, uh won't be able to stand up. So, uh, question from... Uh, our fans before we wrap up this episode of hey eintracht frankfurt is uh mark from new york uh is wondering what is our what is our realistic goal in europa league hmm well it depends on who you ask but um i would say right now it's just get to the next phase you know get Mm -hmm. to that that knockout stage and then go from there see who you're who you're gonna have to play um realistically i hope that we make it you know a couple rounds in um i don't expect us to go all the way like last year i feel like that was just some sort of cinderella situation where where we had a lot of luck going for us but you who knows what who knows what could happen i i i'm optimistic more than uh for this season than last season so anything's possible what, what for Indeed. you? I agree. Um, uh, knockout phase is the goal. I do think that the Eintracht will make it because uh, unlike last time out, where we had two teams that you were ex- that were both expected to uh, be kind of able to reach the knockout phase, I think uh, with uh, Standard Liège, they're really gonna uh, uh, it. Eintracht's progression really comes down to uh, what happens in the next three in the next two matches. Because right. if you are able to beat Liège at home in the third match and win away to Gimaresh, guess what? Those are six points against. Uh, I think Gimaresh is just doesn't have even uh, like a better chance, no chance at all, making the knockout face. I think Liège. Uh, looks at the match that happened, uh, us versus Arsenal, and thinks we can take advantage of this, maybe, but uh, it entirely depends on how we do in those two matches, and hey, if we take four or six points out of that, uh, those two matches, well, guess what? That's already uh, done and dusted, because then we'll have uh, an away match against Arsenal, which they may not, uh, the final match, they they might not even be bothered by it, and, nope, excuse me, uh, it's the fifth match. Excuse me, uh, way to Arsenal. They may, I mean, at that point, they may have already wrapped it up with uh, possibly, uh, since it happened to us, uh, four wins, and that would be 12 points. And then they'll be like, really? We're done. We don't really care. We're throwing out the kids. Eintracht can take advantage of that and get a point or three. And then you got Gimarish at home, which, uh, like I said, the weakest of the four teams. Eintracht's still in a very good position the way the scheduling is going out. And I think uh, we will get to the knockout phase, and then it's a wait and see because that's a long time until I think the beginning of March when that or late February when that would happen. So, 
That right. is that. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Hey, I'm Comfort. Thank you for listening in uh, to the podcast. And Nathan, where can we find your uh, social media interests? You can find me at N-A-J-A-K-W-A on Twitter. And you can find me uh, at KCSGE. Follow the show that is uh, on Twitter uh, at HEFpod, Facebook.com slash HEFpod for all the latest Eintracht news in the English language, including new episode drops as well. And you can also email the show that is uh, HeyEintrachtFrankfurt at gmail.com. So from all of us here at Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, here's hoping that we'll uh, get a good win against Union on Friday. And uh, cheers. Cheers. Hey, I'm Frankfurt. Sha-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Hey,